Today's podcast is sponsored by Banner of Truth. Mm. Banner of Truth is an evangelical and reformed nonprofit publishing house that puts out some of the best historical and modern works from the reformed tradition. Check them out at banneroftruth.org. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast. podcast exploring Christian okay. faith Why are you doing that? Listen, it's our fiftieth. It's our fiftieth. Yeah, one. but let me do it. No, I, I do it. No, and you don't no, no, do no. It. I should be the lead okay. on this one. Okay, fine. You, you go ahead and try it. All right, here we go. Uh, welcome to Doctor. This is why you don't do it. No, I got this. You get I'm, all sing songy. No, it's not sing songy. It's just who I am. Mm. All right, here you go. Ready? Yeah, go for real. Do it. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Jimmy Fowler, Elder Candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. And I'm Joe Thorne, lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles. Mm. Happy 50th. Oh my goodness. 50 episodes. 50 episodes. December 29th. Wow. End of the year. Wow. End of an era. We're going to hang it up after this. Yeah, you guys, this is, a, this is, this is our last episode. The final episode. We, uh, we figured we got the most out of this that we could. Yeah. We made... Like what, half a million dollars in these fifty episodes? Uh six hundred and thirty two thousand yeah, so, one hundred and twenty three dollars and sixty two cents. And so thank you guys uh for letting us fleece you and uh we're gonna peace out. Yeah, uh heading to Jamaica. <laughs> Sounds we're, good. We're on our way. <laughs> uh yeah, man, it's been really fun. Oh my goodness. Uh we've had a really I, good time. I'm actually really shocked. Like, I know I say that, but it, it kinda came up really fast. We hit fifty really fast. Well, we're doing two a week. I guess that, yeah, I guess that's We're doing part of two it. a we week. We do two We're a week. plan on that one a week, part-time, half-time, do-nothing podcast. We're yeah, doing we actually want to give week. people content. We want to give people edifying uh, and challenging. And fun. And fun content. Yeah. And funny. And we want to double down. Give we'll them two. Give you two. Two a week. Sometimes bonus episode. Mm, so you can, go, you can go listen to those other suckers and get half a one. Get a supplement. You know, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like those other podcasts are ginseng. You know, it doesn't really do anything, but you feel better because you got it anyways, you know? They're like ginseng. And you feel kind of like you're the sucker because you bought it. Yeah, but, but it made you feel good. But it made you feel good. You get a little ginseng. Congratulations. Ginseng green you tea. You bought ginseng. All right, at the gas station. Matcha, um, it's matcha hard. I've got to be honest, though, dude. I'm, I'm kind of distracted. Uh, you know, I was all pumped and excited mm-hmm. for our 50th anniversary. This is great, dude. This is nah, that's a joyous I, occasion. How are you not happy because right now? Because wrong, you hey, no, because no. Talk to your fofo. All right, listen. I I looked at our reviews on iTunes. Yeah, man. There's we've got like you guys have been extremely gracious. Yeah. and loving to us. I just want to thank you guys for all your kind words. I, I mean that. All right, for real. listen. Two hundred fifty-six. Our average rating is five stars. Yeah. Well, um. All right, yeah, but well, we we've average. got like uh, eight four stars. Right, okay. and some of those were people so, just being mean. You know, just, no, just they're, they're that, friends, but they're like, "Ha ha, I'm gonna give you four. Nah, I think they just they they hit the wrong key. Maybe that that's possible too. But we've we've got our first uh, two star review. What we've got two star review? No, now two star is bad. What that's not. A, I, I hate I, it. I, it's that it's a no good podcast. That's what that means. Why would um, why? Well, uh, I'll read it to you. Okay, so um, the title of this review is "Can't Take the Bickering." Two stars. It's by Home Four KB. And this was entered December 1st, 2016. Here's what she says. She says, as a mother, listening to these two men bicker and talk over each other like children is like nails on a chalkboard. (laughs) 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 I just can't take it. It's really too bad because when they speak about theology, I like it. Well, home for KB, I hope you're happy that you broke my heart 
uh, this holiday season. Uh, no, come on, Joe. No, nah, man, I, I was feeling like we were doing something good. We are. She was just, you know. What? She said, like, she, I, okay. First of all, she hates us as a mother. Okay, that's no, what she, she said. No, she doesn't hate us said, as a mother. She, ba- she said, listen, as a mother, I can't stand those two people. No. We have lots of mothers that listen to the show. Yeah, okay, but. They, and they love the show. You have to admit, we do get a little, we can be annoying. We know that. You can be annoying and I have to deal with it. I yeah, mean, but, Okay, look, Lenny is agreeing with us over here. Lenny, <laughs> Lenny like, woke up to agree with the look, comment that we were annoying. Okay, when we play cards, we're annoying because we win and we, we win. boast. Well, because we time. win, win, win. No matter what. And we got money on our mind. Yeah. And I can never get enough. Right. And when we walk up in the building. What happens? Well, everybody's hands go up. And then? And then they stay there. <laughs> and then they stay there. <laughs> so dumb. All right. So, hey, uh, we, we hear you. Uh, home for KB, we actually hear you. Um, and to address this issue, um, we just suggest that you don't listen. Okay. No, to so, address this issue, we will, we will do a we better will, job. No, we will not. No, Joe, we will do a better job at not bickering on No, air. we are not. No, for real. We, we need to we're learn We're going to do to, what we do every no, time because though, she doesn't, annoying. I don't care no, if she doesn't like sometimes it. Sometimes that's annoying for people. It can I'm be saying, annoying. I know, but I'm just that's, saying that that's what we do. That is the flavor of the and podcast no, is we can be annoying and that's just, this is natural with it's how other. we do it it's what we always no, do Joe we just need right, to let's move on pill, I don't want to talk about on. it nobody cares about this why do you always say that nobody because they don't they don't want to hear it. you think KB wants to hear about it KB ain't even listening no more oh then why are we talking about I don't know alright um, what are we talking about today I don't even know oh yeah I remember it's our 50th anniversary 50th anniversary uh, we are going to be talking about what the new Calvinism. New Calvinism. New it's that, Calvinism. It's got that new Calvinism smell. Mm, I like it's all it. nice and shiny. Mm-hmm. It smells like plastic. Because it's fake? I didn't say that. No, I think that's what... <laughs> did I just... Did I... <laughs> I totally just picked up what you're trying to no, say there. No, no, I, really I really don't think that. All right, good. So, new Calvinism mm-hmm. uh, is, is a thing. It's a real thing. It's a big thing. Um, in fact, it was picked up in Time Magazine, I believe, in 2009 saying that New Calvinism, maybe it was 2010, uh, how New Calvinism is uh, one of the uh, ten ideas that's changing the world or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So even, you know, in the secular so it's media... A, so it's expanded upon Calvinism and made it better. <laughs> maybe. I, I don't think so. Um, when, when you're looking at New Calvinism, really, uh, one, of the, one of the things to note is an article by Colin Hansen that mm. he wrote way back in 2006 called yeah. Young, Restless, and Reformed. Remember yep. that? Yeah, yeah. Didn't he have a book? Well, the book book. came out later. Yeah, Yeah, the book came out uh, after the article called Young, Restless, and Reformed. And uh, the subtitle is Calvinism is Making a Comeback and Shaking Up the Church. And and what he does in in this and in the book is he explores the growth of Calvinistic soteriology. Yeah. uh, Soteriology being? The doctrine of salvation. Okay. So Calvinism or parts of Calvinism became uh, increasingly popular throughout yeah. the 80s and 90s and then by the time we get to the aughts it's it's becoming a something really big it's it's more conferences are popping up that are reformed yeah. in theology or calvinistic in theology books so who, who would ready. you say like though okay you're talking about books who would you say are some of the proponents of this that kind of helped i guess this resurgence would you use that yeah word? well so while these guys are not new calvinists they are calvinists they yeah. are many of them are confessional reformed guys 
And so you look at the writings of J.I. Packer, yeah. um, R.C. Sproul, R.C. Mm. Sproul especially, because he always writes very good, deep theological books, but at the, at the practical level, at the level of the layperson. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't write a bunch of scholarly books just for the highly educated yeah. or theology nerds. Pipes? Definitely John Piper. Uh, you know, John Piper, you know, tapping into uh, some of the Puritan ideas mm. and then, you know, Desiring God just exploded and really uh, not only uh, captured uh, one of the one of the great grand truths of the Bible and something that is highlighted in the Reformed tradition. But by that, he introduced people to Jonathan Edwards in mm-hmm. particular. Mm-hmm. So really, it, you know, there's debate about whether or not New Calvinism is truly Reformed or not. I would say it's not Reformed theology, but it is Calvinistic theology for yeah. sure, especially as it relates to the doctrine of salvation. And... And it, it, it shows up in different denominations. Yeah. It shows up in non-denominational churches. It's, it's been growing because of a lot of key leaders. And I believe that God is actually doing something in the midst of all of this. I, I really believe that. Like in the hearts and minds of those that are... Yeah, are... I, I think this is a good work that God is doing. But like any work of God or any revival, and I'm not suggesting this is a historic revival, yeah. but in any good work of God or any revival, there are abuses, there are problems that come with it. Uh, so I'm not saying that this doesn't have any problems in it, New Calvinism. What would you say? Sorry, you, you mentioned abuses. What do you mean by that? Like, what well, do you mean like by abuses when you're, when and misunderstandings? Look, so, like, when Edwards writes about uh, the Great Awakening and revival, um, he'll say, like, just because there are abuses, like perhaps people barking like dogs uh, in the midst of hearing a stirring message or fainting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Being slain in the spirit. Right. Just because there are some strange things happening that don't appear to be of the Lord, it doesn't mean that the work of the Lord is not present. And, and we'll talk about some of the problems um, in New Calvinism, at least as I see it later. Um, I, I read an article recently, uh, all, and it's an old one, but it was, what's wrong with uh, New Calvinism? Yeah. And the first thing that was wrong with it? Calvinism. Calvinism? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, all right. And then the rest of it was like, oh, they hate the law, they're licentious, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what, what do you— They what do like you, their bourbon. They like their craft beers. They, they like, like their, their beards. Cigars. They, mm, they talk like that guy in Sling Blade. Mm. Mm. What, uh, what, what are some of the things that—when you think about New Calvinism, what are some of the things that come to mind? What, what are some of the marks of New Calvinism? Well, actually, uh, Chally's had an article uh, a couple years ago— uh, any, what's a Chally's? What's a Chally's? Yeah. Tim Chally's. Tim Chally's, oh, Chally's blogger, Canadian blogger. Up dot again. com. Chally's no, dot it's, it's just Chally's dot com. Dot com. Right. Uh, and so, so he, he talks article. about, and he gives uh, Piper's uh, 12 features of New Calvinism. Oh, so these are, this is what Piper would say about New Calvinists. Yes. All right. So first it says, the New Calvinism, in its allegiance to the inerrancy of the Bible, embraces the biblical truths behind the five points of Calvinism, or TULIP. I like that. Yeah. While having an aversion to using the acronym or any other systematic packaging, yeah. along Don't with like a that. sometimes qualified embrace of limited atonement. That's good. The focus is on Calvinistic soteriology, but not to the exclusion or the appreciation of the broader scope of Calvin's vision. Right. Good. What else? Two, the new Calvinism embraces the sovereignty of God in salvation and all the affairs of life and history, including evil and suffering. Right. So it's a very high view of God. Yes. Like God is absolutely God is in sovereign. control. Yeah. He's absolutely sovereign. He's in control. Nothing happens apart from his decree. And uh, you got those hallmarks of uh, the Synod of Dort, the Canons of Dort. Yeah. All right. Three, 
The new Calvinism has a strong complementarian flavor as opposed to egalitarian with an emphasis on the flourishing of men and women in relationships where men embrace a call to robust, humble, Christ-like servant leadership. Good. Four. And we're going to be linking to this article. Yeah, you can read it. Because he unpacks each of these. He unpacks each of these. Four, the new Calvinism leans toward being culture-affirming as opposed to culture-denying while holding fast to some very culturally alien positions on issues like same-sex practice and abortion. Right. So cultural engagement is something that um, the new Calvinists have, have always mm-hmm. talked about. Um, I've written about it. It is... Uh, so you're a new Calvinist. Yeah. It's definitely... Um, uh, an approach to the culture where uh, the way it's oftentimes talked about where we reject what is evil. Yes. And uh, we work to redeem or to reform those things that are broken. In other words, we want to do good in the world. And then uh, we receive what is good. So when the culture is putting out something that is good, art, music, whatever it is yeah. that's actually good, we want to embrace it. We don't need to turn away from it. It's, um, we're not afraid of culture. We don't want to, we're not fundamentalists who want to retreat and disengage. We want to engage on the level of science, uh, politics, that's art, right. etc. Number five, the new Calvinism embraces the essential place of the local church. It is led mainly by pastors. It has a vibrant church planting bent. It produces widely sung worship music and it exalts the preached word and that's capital W, as central to the work of God, both locally and globally. Right, yeah, one of the, uh, one of the critical articles on New Calvinism said that one of the problems with New Calvinism is they have that hippity-hop music playing in church. Hippity-hippity-hoppity. They, they, the, they got that stuff where, you know. They got that Lecrae. It's, it's very urban. They don't like that. They don't, they, don't, they don't like that flavor. Number six. I'm just saying. The New Calvinism is aggressively mission-driven, including missional impact on social evils, uh, evangelistic impact on personal networks and missionary impact on the unreached peoples of the world. So they're reaching out. They're, yeah. they're going into these other people groups, not, not just at home, but abroad. Right. So these are five-point Calvinists yeah. who are zealously evangelistic and mission-oriented. They're not hyper-Calvinists. Yes. They're we, not the frozen chosen. They're not just sitting back. They're not just being quiet, but they're fully engaged. And this, yeah. this goes against what we've heard even recently right. uh, that the traditionists would say about... In the SBC, In yeah. the SBC, about Calvinism in general, that right. it, it hinders mission. Here we see that they're, they're driven yeah. to mission. They are more than happy to put that pint down, take the cigar out of their mouth, and share the gospel with somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number seven, the new Calvinism is interdenominational with a strong, some would say oxymoronic, baptistic element. <clears throat> so it's not just one denomination, right? But it's, right. it's broad. It's, right. it's engaging even like we, we, we know of some brothers like, uh, like Father John, uh-huh. Anglican, Angli- Reformed Anglican. Who's Father John? Father John. What did I call him? Who's Father John? Oh, John Slavin. Slavin, yeah. I just call him John. Father John. Well, I'm trying to be, I'm he honoring. my pastor okay, but priest. I'm, okay, but I'm honoring his. Hey, Father his John person. has a podcast. What's it called? Uh, All Things Godly. There you go. Boom. Check it out. All right. Uh, number eight, the new Calvinism includes both charismatics and non-charismatics. I don't think Joe likes that one. What? No, I do like well, it. I do like it. Uh, and that's because of something else later. Well, that has to do with cessationalism, right? Cessational continuationism. Is that, cessationism. You always, you always cessationalism. say sensationalism. Because I'm speaking too fast for you, and you can't understand me. You're too slow. Number nine, the new Calvinism places a priority on pietism or piety in the Puritan vein with an emphasis on the essential role of the affections in Christian living while esteeming the life of the mind and being very productive in it and embracing the value of serious scholarship. 
Right. So it's not just head knowledge, right. but heart affection. How should yeah. that? How should theology lead to doxology, which yeah. is something you had mentioned before? Right, right. Number ten, the new Calvinism is vibrantly engaged in publishing books, and even more remarkably, in the world of the internet, with hundreds of energetic bloggers and social media activists, with Twitter as the increasingly default way of signaling things new and old that should be noticed and read. Listen, you, some of y'all don't need a. You need to shut down your blogs. Well, some, some of it's bad, and uh, some of you guys are jerks. Uh, but that goes true uh, with, with any movement. Um, but seriously, yeah, uh, and this is part of the problem, like in our denomination, the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah. Uh, the traditionalists who are not Reformed, um, they are, do not like that you know, 30 to 40% of the convention is Reformed, uh, or the pastors, 30 to 40% of the convention is Reformed in theology, by, the, by their pastors anyways, but, um, or Calvinistic. But we have more books being written and more uh, more platforms and ministries than the traditionalists do. Yeah, we're getting out there because yeah, these these reformed guys or these Calvinistic guys are zealous, passionate, excited, and they want to share that good news. Yeah, they do. Um, Eleven. The new Calvinism. How many are there, dude? Twelve. I oh said my the gosh. Twelve. It's taking for a piper, piperian well, outline. Go. <laughs> His twelve-part sermon, and we're at eleven. The new Calvinism is international in scope, multi-ethnic in expression, and culturally diverse. There is no single geographic, racial, cultural governing center. There are no officers, no organization, nor any loose affiliation that would encompass the whole. As an aside, he adds, I would, I would dare say there are outcroppings of this movement that no one in this room has ever heard of. All right. What else? Can but wouldn't you say, though, like Acts 29 or, or any of these... Yeah, but it doesn't encompass the whole. Oh, the whole movement itself. So it's not, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, 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 okay. 12. The new Calvinism, I hate when you do that because I have to say that. (laughs) I just can't stop. What Leo wants, Leo Leo gets. Leo gets. All right, go ahead. All right. Sorry, my OCD wanted to say it again right there. The new Calvinism (laughs) is robustly, stop it. Stop it. Uh, The new Calvinism is robustly gospel-centered cross-centered with dozens of books rolling off the presses coming at the gospel from every conceivable angle and applying it to all areas of life with a commitment to seeing the historic doctrine of of justification finding its fruit in sanctification both personally and communally okay so um uh piper kind of gushed like gosh, like he was like he, he was nice. Yeah, he was. Well, he's, uh, he's a charitable man. He it's was like, it's, very like. Okay, but this come on now. Was, I'm just saying. No, no. It's it's a very favorable. Like this is. I mean, you know, so you ever hear a sliced bread? This is the best thing since. Okay, but so then, what would you add? What what no, are some what of I would, clarifications? You what would I would make? like, and maybe he did this. We, you know, like I said, we don't really research. Um, I would like to hear him say, "Here are the twelve problems." in New Calvinism that need to be addressed. And I know that he would have them. And like Piper does not like Christians drinking alcohol. He thinks it's a bad idea. And I know if you were to say, hey, John, what are some of the problems in you see that you see in New Calvinism? He would say, you know what? I think it would be wiser for them to just avoid alcohol. I think mm-hmm. he would say that. And I don't, I don't blame him for saying that. I, but, no, but hold on, though. But do you think he's, he's looking at that as Christian liberty, though? Yeah, I, I would imagine. But uh, it, yes, absolutely. Because he actually took that statement out of their church's um, covenant. There was in at Bethlehem. There was a the original covenant said we will abstain from the use of beverage alcohol. Mm-hmm. He pulled it out. 
because it's Christian liberty. It's not yeah. something that. But but he would still say, I, "I wish." I think he would say, "No, I wish. I wish every every Christian would avoid drinking." If anything, alcohol. that that really shows more about his heart, though, uh, doesn't it? No, like, no. It listen, shows I'm how, down. I'm down with Piper. I'm just saying, like this was a very loving, favorable, pro New Calvinism statement, and. You know, more could be said okay, about it. So this is say, not. This is not all that needs to be said. Okay. So, what what are some more that needs to be said? Um, what was missed? Well, no, I don't know that anything was missed. Uh, I think what he said is generally true. My, my concerns about New Calvinism uh, lie in a couple of things. One is, and in, in fact, uh, Tom Nettles was asked very recently. Just, I think the video dropped. The day that we're recording this. Oh, okay. Uh, but Tom Nettles was, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was interviewed, and he's asked in the interview, what do you think of New Calvinism? And uh, he just said, I love it. I love these people that are involved in it. I think, it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing. He was very pro, even though he recognizes one of the problems, which is that sometimes people that are new to an ideology mm-hmm. become very passionate, mm. sometimes a little unrestrained, yeah, yeah. a little overzealous. Critical, and, judgmental. Yeah, yeah, and feel like, hey, because, and what Tom says is um, people see this as something that relates to truth and God's glory, so they're very, very vocal. Um, so I think one of the problems that we see in some New Calvinists, and I think in many New Calvinists, is uh, 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 an overzealousness with a lack of humble restraint. I think that would be, you know, something that should be encouraged. Uh, and I, I, even though I'm not a New Calvinist, um, when I, when some when I learned about the doctrines of grace, mm-hmm. um, I was very much like that as well. And this is true. And like uh, Doctor Nettle says, it's this true. It's true of all of us, though. Uh, anybody we, that discovers a new ideology, you're you're all excited. That, yeah. that, that you have an axe to grind. So I think that's one. My honestly, my my main concern. I don't know what I mean. One of my big concerns with New Calvinism is that it is a little too smorgasbord style theology to me. Uh, Take what's good. Take what you. I shouldn't say take what's good. Take what you lo- want. Take what yes, you desire. I feel like there's a lot of. And again, I'm not. So I'll, I'll finish the whole idea. They're they're picking and choosing from different streams and different different ideas, without always recognizing that many of these things work together as a whole and as a system. Um, what I would like to see happen for the young, restless, and reformed, or these new Calvinists, is I would like to see them progress toward confessionalism. Mm. I would like to see them go deep into reformed theology, beyond soteriology, beyond the sovereignty of God, and, and into all that has been taught. And so you might find yourself moving out of new Calvinism into Presbyterianism, or you might find yourself moving out of new Calvinism into the reformed Baptist tradition, whatever. Uh, but I'd like to see them develop a robust, uh, thorough body of divinity, yeah. right? Like a, a, a fully-orbed doctrinal uh, understanding of the word that you're not going to find within much of New Calvinism because they aren't connected to any particular stream. In fact, really, once you get into the confessional streams, you're no, it's no longer New Calvinism. It's just historic Calvinism. Well, let's talk about the importance of being confessional. All right. But before we do that, um, Banner of Truth. What's that? What? What? Banner of Truth? You don't know what Banner of Truth is by now? No, I forgot. We've been talking about it. Banner of Truth is a publishing house that puts out some of the best uh, works out there. And right now they've got a sale going anywhere from 20 to 50 percent off uh, some selected sets. And so, yeah, I already picked up John Owen. I'm hoping to get Flavor Flav. I already picked up John Bunyan. I've picked up John Knox. 
Um, so I'm hoping to get a few more things while this sale's going on. Um, but yeah, anywhere from 20 to 50%, and you get free shipping on orders over $50. You know how expensive it is to ship books, and you get free shipping? Free shipping. And you're ordering big sets of heavy, cloth-bound, hardcover books. They're massive. And uh, you got to cost you it. like $1,000 to ship I, No, it's not going to cost probably you. probably $1,000. It's not $1,000. Well, it's like it. It's, it's like not a like a thousand. If it's a hundred dollars and they can't afford a hundred dollars, it might as well be a thousand dollars. So it's a thousand dollars. All right, your math. That's is how you terrible. do it. Your math is absolutely horrible. I don't know what it would actually be, like but you're saving money. Dollars. It's not a thousand, but you're saving some money. So head on over to bannertruth.com, uh, and we've got the link right there in the show notes. Uh, grab yourself a set before December thirty first. Take advantage of it. Get it. You need it. You want it. Go get it. Do it. Do it. So, Joe, confessionalism. Why okay. is it important to be... Yeah! Lenny's already... I got Lenny. What's Lenny doing? Lenny's on BannerTruth.com right Yay. now. He's looking. He's picking himself up. Um, all right. So, confessionalism. Confessionalism. All right. So, um, we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, I wrote an article for Desiring God on the value of confessions. Mm. Now, they... Now, you love confession. Or you love a confession. Yes. You I love re- being okay. confessional. I mean, yes. you love it so much. Okay. What? And yeah, I'm not why, trying to make wait, wait, fun of yeah, you. You, yeah, you and uh, Pastor Rick like to make fun of my hand tattoo. I get it. I'm not making fun of it. Okay. I'm not making fun of it. You got a hand tattoo as well. Yeah. Although no one can tell us what yours okay. is. Okay. Yours, okay, okay, yours, okay. yours looks ma- like a, I'm making a fun ball of, of yarn or something. No, on your stop head. it. <laughs> I'm not making fun of it. I would make fun of the other one on your forearm. Well, that one's cool. That's Righteous Wretch, man. Badoom. Yeah, I wish I could be branded. Yeah, man, free That's tattoo. Mark, I'll do it. Mark of the Beast. If right anybody there. wants to buy me a tattoo, just let me know. All right, so. Now, wait, hold on. Can I put it anywhere? No. Not your face. No. Not your head. No. Not your neck. No. Come on. I'm choosing. I'm going to get one on my neck, but that'll be, I'll choose that. I'm not going to choose it for you. I'm just saying, if I, if I paid for a tattoo and it was a good tattoo, yeah. nothing, nothing like, yeah, if, no, if I thought it was a good tattoo, you show me the tattoo first, I'll let you pick where it goes. No, 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 no. no. I get to pick. All right. Can we move on? All right. Go Nobody ahead. Confessional. Right. Go. Everyone cares. No one cares. Uh, okay. Everyone so I wrote this article for Desiring God and they chose to call it Tattoos for the Soul. And (laughs) they chose to use a picture of my hand with the 1689 Second London Confession of Faith tattoo. People didn't like that. uh, I remember that. People did not like that. Yeah, I know. I got it. People are just... All right. Anyways, um, so in that that article... What what is it? It's an article. It's a French word for article, dude. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little more educated than you are. Article. Uh, Anyways, so uh, look it up. Google it. Yeah. So I basically argue that... uh, Confessionalism gives us four, there are four, four benefits to it, clarity, unity, charity, and safety. And uh, the, the, the benefit of a confession is that at, it clearly articulates the faith that a Christian or a church or, or an association or a denomination holds. Um, and churches and denominations have been using confessions uh, from the beginning of the yeah. church, really. Um, so what do we believe? Why does it matter to us as the people of God? A confession lays all of this out. And uh, it's important to, to note that confessions are not an authority above Scripture. Yes. Confessions affirm the absolute authority of Scripture. Um, now, some would say, though, that confession— oh, What? Right, go ahead. No, I'm— No, I know, go ahead. Okay, well, some would say that confessions are in error. Okay, so I knew you were going to go there. What? I know, because okay, it came those, up recently. Those knuckleheads on the Reformed pub <laughs> are arguing that confessions can be inerrant— and listen, guys. And when I'm, you say knuckleheads, on the, you're not talking about Les and Tanner. No, of course no, I mean, not. I just want to make sure you're talking about other individuals. I'm talking about the knuckleheads. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay. You know. Some of you guys are knuckleheads, and I'll tell you why. Um, 
because you're you're using the no, you're already mad because I called you knuckleheads. Listen, I called Jimmy worse, so just oh, be yeah. patient. It really for real. You the the term inerrant is a theological term that is applied specifically to scripture. Yes, and so none of the reformed traditions use the word inerrant to describe the confessions. Uh, Inerrancy is tied up with infallibility, though they are distinct. Mm -hmm. And our confessions, while true, of course we believe they are true. We do not believe they contain error, but they may contain error. Yes. We affirm this. They are subordinate to the Scripture. So we don't use that And that's the important thing there. It's sola scriptura. Right, sola scriptura. That's what a good confession, like the 1689, which ripped off the Savoy and the Westminster, um, that's what we are about. Scripture, we want to simply explain what some of of our core beliefs are from Scripture. So it provides clarity. Yeah. That's what's good. Secondly, they provide unity. It allows uh, a church, a a body of Christians, an association or a denomination to come together, and it also allows uh, for us to see our connection to the church throughout the ages, especially yeah. if we're going through a, um, a historic confession. Why are you looking at me like that? Yeah, keep going. Unity. All right. Anyways, okay. I don't know why you're looking at Sorry, me. Sorry, because you called them knuckleheads, and I'm still thinking that there's going to be some people, like, they're going to just automatically assume that you're talking about people that you're not talking about. And I know you're not talking about those I'm guys. I'm talking about all you guys that said inerrancy is a good word to use for confession. Hey, Lenny. Uh, we're recording right now, dude, and you're listening Poor to Lenny. music. Let him be. Come on, we man. Already, we already commandeered hey, Lenny, who his space. the room? Who we commandeered his space. I'm, we're letting him stay. In fact, pay up. We have to pay for this. Oh, <laughs> oh Lenny. <laughs> he would pay for it. He's so he nice. He would. He's such a nice guy. Why are you being mean to Lenny? Because it's leave funny. Because Lenny, Lenny, Lenny could kill me without getting out of his chair. It's funny. And, I like to play with him. And Andrew. I'm going to let you know. I am. Uh, you ain't doing anything. Uh, no, I'm not doing no, nothing. You now. look scary, but you ain't. No, 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 but I'm going to let him do it. You couldn't stop him. Well, I'm not going to try is what I'm but saying. You, but you couldn't. And I, I ain't going to snitch. Okay, because you know why? Snitches get stitches. That's right. Um, so, you know, I'm talking about, listen, guys, uh, listen, for, for, there are, the, the new Calvinists are doing this. They're yes. the ones that are saying, like, no, no it's inerrancy. Inerrant only means this. And, uh, listen, I know in your mind it makes sense, but you're stepping outside of historical theology yeah. and with the way these terms have been used. I don't, I don't feel bad calling you guys knuckleheads. Uh, so, all right, can all right, we, unity, are you okay now? Yeah, right, charity. Charity. Um, what a confession does is it draws important lines of distinctions between various churches, right, by articulating what we believe and maybe what we don't believe. Yeah. But at the same time, it shows what we have in common. So the 1689 ex- explicitly said, oh, uh, you know that Savoy Declaration, which is a hack on the Westminster? We're going to use those two because mm-hmm. they're so good. That's right. They reflect the truth so beautifully. It's the it's better than our 1644 First London Confession. Yeah. We're on that train now and we're just going to make distinctions here so that people understand our differences concerning covenant theology, baptism and things like that. So it allows for charity. Um you know, it it, it it's not condemning people that are different. In fact, it tends to show overlap. And then fourthly, safety. Um it's a means of instruction helping uh, in uh, shielding the church from error. Yeah. Uh, creeds and confessions historically developed in a context of dispute, uh, you know, false doctrine, heresy, whatever. And so we articulate the truth in order to, so that the church would know this is what the scripture says. It doesn't say what these heretics are saying, so beware, be careful. So uh, then why, why the 1689? Well, for, for us, let's just, because yeah. we've actually gotten that question quite a bit. Why, why for us, 
do we look to the sixteen? Yeah, one guy recently wrote in. I don't know if it was on Twitter or what, but he said, "Why do you guys always talk about the sixteen eighty nine and uh, not this? What is sixteen forty six? Or he? What? No, no, no. This guy was like, aren't we all pre Christians? Aren't we all oh. brothers and sisters? Yeah, I remember that and, one. Yeah. And I said, I was like, yeah, absolutely. But this is coming from our perspective. Even if you had a podcast, I'm talking to this brother who sent the message. Even if you had a podcast and you were sharing your theology, it would be coming from a particular perspective that would be in disagreement with others' perspective. That's we're doing the same thing. We just happen to believe that the sixteen eighty is a very amazing articulation of the faith. So we, and inerrant. We believe it's inerrant. Okay, stop that, knucklehead. <laughs> uh, we definitely believe that it is true. Yep. Uh, and we uh, and I, I actually take exception. So I don't think it's perfect. I, I think its statement on the Sabbath yeah. is need, needs some adjustment. About that. Yeah. yeah. So you can check that out. So overall, I think confessionalism would be helpful to the new Calvinists to find out which stream they best fit in and to help them continue to learn, develop, and mature. I mean, just like I, I need to continue to develop and mature in my theology every day, yeah. and I hope new Calvinists will do the same. Absolutely. And I think that as they do that, they will find themselves moving beyond new Calvinism into a more robust, fuller, reformed theology. Is that it? We're done? I think so. Can I can we go now? Yeah, I couldn't think of anything. So we love new Calvinists. We love new Calvinism. Uh, we're not opposed to it. But where there are some uh, problems, uh, that's true in every tradition. You yeah. can find problems in the traditionalists. You can find of the Southern Baptist Convention. You can find problems in the historic Calvinists and Reformed traditions. Yeah. Uh, so let's all be aware of where we are struggling, uh, where we are weak, and seek input and guidance from others and uh, grow in maturity. Right? Agreed. Okay. Big thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media, the audio visual wizard of Doctrine and Devotion. If you've got any audio, video, photography needs, uh, head on over to jbondmedia.com. J Bond, thank you. We want to thank you for 50 episodes of awesomeness. Yeah, we're Even sorry. that first one that was terrible, yeah, it was he bad. made it better, as, better than it was. Yeah, he made it as good as it could get. Right. Right. With and our cruddy equipment. We, uh, in, we're, we're giving you a 30 days notice now, Justin. So we'll, That's not uh, funny. We'll, we're not. No, we're not, Justin. Justin. Justin, you're fired. No, Justin, you're safe. Uh, you're safe. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo. You can head on over on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on over to our website, DoctrineDevotion.com. Click on the Contact Us page. Fill out the form. Uh, give us your thoughts, your ideas, your suggestions. You can head on over to iTunes or whatever your podcast Catcher, catcher, supplier, provider is, and you can give us an honest five-star review. Unless uh, you hate the bickering. Unless you hate the bickering and whatever. But that, that's what we do. That's what we do. We do it. All right. But maybe we could stop it, though. I don't know. No, I ain't stopping it. All right. Sharing is caring, and uh, we'll see what 2017 has for us. Yeah, let's get it on. Later. Later.